to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome to the Village Vision Podcast, where community collaboration and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison, and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down the barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences will showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with Sarah Conway. Sarah is the Autism Ministry Director at Northwake Christian Community. She also has a master's degree in special education, a long history of family involvement in supporting individuals with disabilities, and a family member diagnosed with autism. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I had a chance to meet Sarah recently and also check out the Autism Ministry And I can tell you that it's a really great example of the work that we're highlighting here at the Village Vision. It's this great example of working at the intersection of community, education, family, and faith communities. And Sarah, I definitely want to talk about your work there. But before we go there, I really want you to share with our listeners the why behind your work. So can you share your personal story with us? Absolutely. So for me, it really started at a young age. My mom is a speech and language therapist. And so I kind of grew up in the world of special education, just hearing her stories from work, but honestly, seeing her heart for her students who had all different types of disabilities and the way that she loved them and really like didn't see them as any different. I mean, how special they were to her, the way that she fighted for inclusion for them at the Mm -hmm. school she was at. That was something that was really instilled in me from such a young age. And honestly, it was a huge part of the reason why I even wanted to become a teacher. And so I went to Pitt and decided to, through honestly like a really cool story, ended up deciding to study math and special education And so I went to school and I'm actually certified 7th through 12th grade math and special ed teacher. Northway has also been a huge part of my story. I was invited to Northway when I was in middle school and it was the church and it was the group of people who really helped me form my own personal relationship with Jesus. And I have just always loved Northway. And so when I was in college, Northway started talking about wanting to do something for families who had kids on the spectrum. Our lead pastor at the time had just been in a lot of conversations with families who had kids on the spectrum and had different types of disabilities and realized a really common theme was that they weren't able to go to church and it just broke his heart. So they started talking Mm -hmm. about wanting to do something and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like two of my favorite things all combined in one. I would love mm-hmm. to do something like that. 
And it all ended up working out through a bunch of just like really awesome things that the Lord worked out that I was able to apply for the job as soon as I finished my master's and Mm -hmm. started in June of 2021. Mm -hmm. And it was really special. I was really given a blank slate, a blank space at the church and a blank ministry. And they said, do whatever you feel like you're supposed to do. And inclusion was something that was really big on my heart and something I felt like the Lord was calling us to do. And so that is kind of how I got to having the job. And I can explain more about what the ministry looks like, but a huge piece of my heart for even wanting to have a ministry like this and for making it an inclusive ministry is my own personal family. So my husband is a part of a huge family. He's one of 10 Uh and one of his little brothers who was eight is on the spectrum and still mostly nonverbal at the time. And his family grew up going to Northway. They've been a part of Northway for a really long time. And his younger set of siblings from a young age, unfortunately, were not able to be raised in the church like my husband and his siblings were. And that is something in and of itself that just breaks my heart. And so his family, my family actually ended up helping us start the ministry. They were one of our families that helped us pilot the ministry. But having my own personal family be able to not only be at church, but making sure that my little brother still has access to the gospel and still gets to go to kids church just like every other child and even the, like my other little brothers the fact that they get to be in church and my in-laws get to be at church is such a huge reason why I do this and love that Northway has this ministry because it allows my own personal family to be able to go to church together. It's great and having visited the site I mean this is an absolutely beautiful entire wing of the church with sensory rooms and just a a really amazing space. I would love for you to share just a little bit more about prior to the autism ministry, Mm -hmm. what were some of the things that the church leadership was hearing from families about why they couldn't be part of the church? What what were some of those things that the church was hearing and, and really listening and responding to? Definitely the biggest thing I would say is just feeling like church, I mean, Northway plus other churches just Mm -hmm. was not equipped, though I would say Mm -hmm. is the biggest word that people would use, was not equipped to handle kids on the spectrum. It was never that families tried to come to Northway and they said, no, you can't be here, Mm -hmm. but that feeling that parents get of, I can tell that my child is a burden to you right now, even though you're not truly saying that they're a burden, whether they're making quote unquote too much noise, they're Mm -hmm. causing too much trouble. They are too much for you to handle. The room is not accommodating for them, whatever it might be. That was a lot of people's experience at, Mm -hmm. I would say probably like trying to attend Northway again, not that they were ever not welcome, but more just Mm -hmm. that we weren't equipped. And at the time we weren't equipped, but I also know that a lot of families have tried to attend other churches and would within five minutes be called back like, Hey, please come get your kid. Right. Um, I know families have said that at other churches, they have been asked to leave, not even welcomed in the first place, really all coming back to that common theme of the church was not equipped to handle it. Yeah, and that's, I know so many different people that are out there listening have probably experienced that. And I think Northway is, is great and that the, the community is of an inclusive mind to begin with. And that's so important. But, you know, my own experience as a parent, 
when your child is disruptive, there's oftentimes a lot of people looking at you and, you know, sort of making a judgment as to your quality of parenting and any number of different things. And so it can be very isolating, including being isolating at church and, and just not feeling like you're really you're really welcome. So I want to to turn out and talk about the autism ministry today. What does the autism ministry today look like at Northway and what does it all involve? Tell us about that. So our autism ministry right now, I tell people it's still in the early phases. Mm-hmm. We soft launched at one of our locations in Swickley on Christmas Eve of 2021. And so mm-hmm. that location has been open for a year and a half, I guess, yeah, coming up on two years now. And I'll tell you more about what it looks like. But then as a whole, we are getting ready to expand at our Wexford location mm-hmm. later this year and then to one of our other locations in the Dormont area in the next couple of years as well. And we have been focusing on the kids' church side of things, um, so the younger age, but are also hosting Night to Shine every year and are really looking at how can we make overall our buildings more physically accessible? How can we make our worship gatherings more accessible to people? And how can we just make our congregations more educated and more inclusive and more welcoming of people with all different types of disabilities? So that's the big picture where Northway is at for the autism ministry specifically. So right now we have two focused ages. We have preschools through fifth grade, and then we have kind of like middle school or high schooler age as well. And so for the younger kids. So at Northway, we have a kids' church program, and kids first through fifth grade can be checked in, and they have their own, like, kids' church the entire duration of the adult worship gathering. And standard kids' church consists of some, like, playtime, some hang time, and then they get their own large group. So they get worship and a Bible story, and then they do small group and then some additional player hang time at the very end. And the autism ministry is an extension of that. We say that they're not two separate ministries, but two ministries under this one umbrella. Sure. And so, yeah, the autism ministry is an inclusive program. And so our goal is to have the kids in the kids' church classroom as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And we really designed the program around what you do see in most schools right now in terms of inclusion. And so whenever a family wants to be a part of the ministry, they typically inquire and then we connect and share kind of like mission vision of the ministry and talk about next steps. And so families must complete a parent questionnaire about their child. And that includes all different types of questions around sensory needs, learning Mm -hmm. needs, restroom needs communication needs, all the different types of needs. And then the family comes in and they get a tour of the entire building. And we really emphasize to them that their entire family is welcome to come as they are. That's really one of our main mission focuses of the autism ministry, that from the minute they drive in the parking lot, we never want the family to feel like they're a burden. And so we're really intentional about showing them our main auditorium first and telling them if your family wants to worship together as a family, you are all welcome in here. Right. And then we move and we show them the kids' classroom and we show them what classroom their child would be in and mm-hmm. emphasize that we want your child in the classroom and just really emphasize the inclusion piece of it. And then we actually end the tour in the autism ministry wing saying that, and obviously your child is welcome in here, but wanting the entire family to know that they are all welcome to come as they are. They don't need to change anything. They don't need to do anything differently. But 
but their entire family is welcome to come. And so when they're also there for their tour, we finish up their child's plan. So for every child who's a part of the program, we make essentially it's a mini IEP for people who know what IEPs are, the individualized education program or plan that kids get for school. We call ours an at-a-glance report. And so our goal is to really put that child like at a glance on a piece of paper. And that's what our leaders who serve in the autism ministry get when they are working with that child. So finalize the child's plan. They figure out like we use a color group system. Parents and I decide what group they're in. We figure out their schedule. So what percentage of inclusion time will they have? And then get the parents all registered, get everything completed. And then families are welcome to start coming on Sundays after they complete all of the onboarding process. That's fantastic. We're going to take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors, and we will be right back on the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, We all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers, and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Are you experiencing insomnia, brain fog, hot flashes, mood swings, and more? These are many of the symptoms women experience on a daily basis affecting the health of their brain and increasing the risk for dementias like Alzheimer's disease down the road. A healthy lifestyle can make a big difference for the health of the brain, but Brain Love Health took it further and created an innovative nutritional supplement, especially for women, to support us through this transitional time while also promoting better sleep and long-term brain health. Don't wait any longer to help your brain age well. Why let it deteriorate? The health of your brain is in your hands. To begin protecting it today, visit BrainLoveHealth.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. Don't let the name fool you. StadiumBags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice safety, it's in the bag. Thank you very much, Sarah. Welcome back to the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio. We are talking right now about the autism ministry at Northway Community here in the Pittsburgh area. And Sarah, you did an amazing job talking about how families get oriented to the program. What are some of the things that you and the other leaders of the ministry do to make sure that the volunteers and teachers that are working with 
children in the autism ministry. What, how do you prepare them, train them, really work with them to be an effective part of the ministry? So for leaders who want to serve in the autism ministry, they also go through a pretty thorough onboarding process. So we actually use kind of like an application process where they inquire about wanting to serve in the ministry. And I would tell people experience is not required, but I more look for people who are on board with our inclusive mission and align with our theology of disability. Yeah. And so they inquire about wanting to serve. They kind of go through the application interview process. And then from there, I really walk them through logistically how does the ministry operate. So what does a typical Sunday morning look like from the time that you, like, say you're going to serve? We figure out what families are going to be there. We use an RSVP system for our families. Mm -hmm. So leaders know which child or children they're going to be working with. I tell them how our ratios work. So, yeah, logistically, what does a Sunday morning look like? Then I also walk them through all of, like, the tools and the resources that they will have access to as a leader. And so they will get the child's at-a-glance report. They'll know what they need to know about that child. We have different resources available, visual schedules, first, then boards, all the things like that, how to implement those types of things. And I tell leaders it's really hard to just have a list of, like, do's and don'ts because – correct. I mean, working with children in general is never a one-size-fits-all. And when you're working with children with disabilities, it's even more so. Like, Mm -hmm. for one child one week could be a disaster for that same child the next week. Exactly. We don't really take a training approach of, yeah, always do this, always do this. Um, But one of the ways we do equip our leaders is by having just kind of like a what-to-do-when system Mm -hmm. or chart. And so leaders know, like, hey, when a child starts to become aggressive towards another child, here are, like, a a list of steps to work through. When a child is continually trying to elope, here's a thing, like a list of things to work through mm-hmm. and kind of have them work through those things, always knowing that they have the autism ministry staff and myself or our interns that they can lean on and, again, all the different tools and resources that they have access to. But mm-hmm. I always really emphasize to them the best way to learn is by being hands-on. And so before a leader can start serving on their own, they have to shadow twice. And so we have kind of like two different serving roles. We have our inclusion classroom para, so serving in one of the kids' church classrooms. And then we also have serving in the autism ministry wing. And so our wing is attached to the kids' wing. And we, like you mentioned, have sensory rooms. We have a sensory family large group room, our family restroom with an adult changing table. And we have kids who spend the majority of their time in the wing and they still get that inclusion piece. It's just a smaller percentage of inclusion time, but we have leaders who stay with the kids who are in the wing most of the morning. And so leaders before, like I said, they start serving on their own. They do one weekend shadowing in the classroom and they do one weekend shadowing in the wing. And then the same color system that I talked about for the kids. I also have leaders tell me, Hey, what color group are you the most comfortable working with? Do you prefer to work with? Mm -hmm. And I try to keep the pairings as consistent as possible. We don't use a like one-to-one buddy system that's the same every week, but I try to keep the leaders with the kids that they're comfortable working with, that they work well with, that they know. Um, And my leaders are super awesome in the sense of, I mean, in many ways, but they are also Mm -hmm. flexible and they know that every Sunday looks super different in terms of how many kids we have, what kids we have what that Sunday morning looks like. So try to keep it as consistent as possible, but also um, really just educating the leaders around how flexible they need to be to serve in a ministry like this. 
That's wonderful. So how have you seen the program grow with your first site? How, how have you seen it grow over the past year and a half? It has been amazing. We started with four families and four mm-hmm. children who, like I said earlier, really helped us kind of like pilot the program. Right. We're all involved at Northway in some capacity and knew that they were going to be the families that really helped us launch this ministry. And since then, really just by word of mouth, we don't do a ton of outward advertising about the ministry, but we always encourage families like, yes, you know, people who could benefit from it, please share that with them. And over the past year and a half, we have grown to serving around 30 families in the ministry. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And they do age. Yeah. So we start at the preschool age and Mm -hmm. go up to fifth grade. And I didn't mention this in detail earlier, but we did just start kind of like a middle school, high school hybrid program for Sunday evenings. And so we have a few kids who have aged out of our kids church program. And typically at Northway, once you hit that sixth grade plus, you just start attending the adult worship gathering. But for our kids who, like I said, have aged out of kids church, but might maybe aren't quite ready to go sit just in an hour mm-hmm. long church service. We have this hybrid program where we start to ease them into doing worship in the main auditorium because it is much louder. They yeah. do their own like middle school curriculum. We work on some social skills. We incorporate serving as a part of the church body and are really starting to help them make that transition out of kids church into the adult worship gathering. That's so cool. I mean, even for a child in middle schooler who's neurotypical, you know, being 11 or 12 and yeah. sitting through <laughs> traditional services is hard, right? But that's great. This is just fantastic to, to learn more about this. Are you starting to get more inquiries from people interested in the program? What does that look like? Yes, I would say even over the past couple of months, we have had a lot of new families inquire about mm-hmm. being part of the ministry. I think a lot of our families are just starting to talk about it more, post on Facebook groups that they're in. I mean, you know, like those communities are so tight knit. And that is something that from the very beginning, we've tried to be super aware of it. I've really tried to educate our staff and our leaders around that when you have families of kids with any type of disability coming to try something new. Mm-hmm. You basically have one shot with them. And if they at all feel unsafe, they feel like their child is unsafe, you're like, you're pretty much done, which they need their children to be safe. And I completely understand that. And so we have really worked hard on that first impression and yeah. really wanting that the parents to know and feel not only safe, but welcomed, like I said, from the minute that they even connect with us for the first time. And so luckily, I think a lot of our parents have shared that positive experience with their friends. And then, yeah, just by word of mouth have really grown in that sense. And it is cool because now there is starting to be even talk around our Wexford location opening Mm -hmm. and families who have said, oh yeah, I already, like I have friends in Wexford and I'm going to start inviting them as soon as that one is open. And really just having people talk about it more is really an honor that parents even trust us with their children in the first place, because I know something that, like that is something that is very hard and we do not take that for granted whatsoever. That is such a huge piece to be genuinely honored that a parent is gifting you with their mm-hmm. child for a portion of, of the day. Because, you know, as a parent of a now adult with a disability, you're the person for your child. You're typically the one person that can 
calm your child down or center your child. And so it's, it's very, even though you want to be included as part of a bigger body, it's very hard to, you know, be separated from that child when you know that they may be very anxious or, or act out or not respond well to the environment. And so it's a very stressful experience. You know, one of the things, Sarah, that I find so refreshing about the autism ministry at Northway is that it's really part of this bigger journey of inclusion by that church. And I think just the, the way that you're welcoming families, you're truly making them feel included is not only an asset for the autism community, but just in general for demonstrating awareness, acceptance, and even appreciation for people with disabilities. So talk a little bit about the overall mission of Northway and how this fits in and and maybe some of the things you're thinking of doing in the future. Absolutely. So I would actually love to start by sharing a quote that has really been kind of the driving like mission for us as we do think about what it looks like to expand. I will say like from the get go, because inclusion has been our mission for the kids side of things, Mm -hmm. I've always said that I do not envision making a separate worship gathering or even a separate program for adults with disabilities because If our goal is inclusion for the kids, then once they age out of kids' church, inclusion is our same goal. Absolutely. Instead of creating a separate place for them to worship, it's making our spaces more accessible. It's making everything more accessible and then really educating and making, like I think I said earlier, our our congregation more inclusive and more welcoming. And so Mm -hmm. this quote is from the book, Same Lake, Different Boat by Stephanie Habak, I think is how you say her last name. And this quote says, Understood in its broadest terms, disability ministry is about making the gospel, the good news of the coming of Christ's kingdom, accessible to all in word and deed. Our churches need to proclaim the gospel and live it out in such a way that those who are blind can see it, those who are deaf can hear it, those who have intellectual disabilities can understand it, those with neurological disabilities can process it, and those who are physically challenged can enter into it. Disability ministry doesn't fail when a perfect social fit can't be found. Disability ministry fails when the gospel is not communicated in ways that the grace of God is experienced. And so that really has been our, like I said, kind of like our driving factor, our driving mission of what we want Northway to be. And so right now we are really working to meet with people who are at the church who have all different types of abilities, disabilities, and hear from them. How is Northway accessible and how is Northway not accessible? Right. And what are the things that we can do? So we've been, yeah, in conversations with people from the deaf community, the blind community, and really hearing from them, what can we do to make this better for you? And so our vision kind of moving forward is being able to, on our website, list out all the ways that we are accessible. So just some examples, which of our locations have an adult changing table, mm-hmm. which of our locations have these types of physical accommodations, where do we offer ASL interpretations, which of our small groups are wheelchair accessible and which are not, but really being able to advertise and communicate all of that on our website so that before people even come, they can know what to expect in terms of accommodations and accessibility at Northway. But with that end goal of ultimately making the gospel more accessible to everyone. 
that's just amazing. And I know when we talked before, Sarah, I, I can imagine that there are lots of other faith communities out there, community-based organizations that are thinking of creating something similar, whether it's an autism ministry or a disability ministry. But what are some of the most important things that you think that someone should consider when they're thinking of creating an autism ministry or a disability ministry? I would say the first thing, because this is like this has always been how I'm guided and how we really do kind of like spread the mission to other people, but it's having our own mission statement. As I kind mm-hmm. of mentioned earlier, our fa- our goal is for families to be able to come as they are because our mission at Northway is to lead all people to know, experience, and follow Jesus. And specifically in the realm of the autism ministry, that means like all children, neurodiverse, neurotypical, giving them that same access to the gospel and leading them to know, experience, and follow Jesus. And having that inclusive mission from the beginning is really what shaped and formed all of our other decisions. And so really starting with what is your goal? What is your mission? What do you ultimately want your church to do, to be known for? And so really having that because that drives all the decisions that drives how you speak about what you're doing. It drives really everything that your heart is behind what you're doing. And so establishing that, I think, from the beginning is so important because that's also how you get other people on board. And you need your community to be on board. You need other staff members to be on board. And when you have that mission and that vision to share, that is how you get other people on board. And so once you yeah, get those other people on board, the next biggest thing I would say is figuring out a space. We have been so fortunate to have an entire autism ministry wing. But even if we just had one classroom, being able to figure out how could we maximize that one classroom, but figuring out what space do we have available or could we make available? Mm-hmm. Because right. Even if you don't have an entire ministry, having a space available for kids to go, for adults to go, for when they do need those breaks, when they need those reset times. Even with the inclusive mission, we recognize that the kids still do need a break at times. Our leaders need to know that they have somewhere to go if a child's behaviors are starting to escalate or if I said earlier, like if the child really does just need a break. So figuring out what space do you have available And then finally, I would say before you can really get started is raising the funds. And our community is so incredibly generous and we know that we cannot do any of this without them. But again, the only way that you can get your community on board to give to a ministry like this and really raise the funds to do something like this is by having them on board. And the only way that you can do that is really having that mission and that vision in mind. That's so true. And, you know, anytime you set out on doing something as big and as bold as this, you really have to start with that mission and vision. Start with the why, right? In order to get everybody to really move along with you. It's so important. Well, Sarah, we're going to wrap up today. I am so grateful that you joined us today on the Village Vision Podcast. I'm grateful that you shared your story and your experience with our listeners. I see the work that you're doing being such a tremendous model for people, not only across Pennsylvania, but across the United States and the world, and just really a big supporter of the work that you're doing. Thank you. I tell people all the time, I really do have my dream job right now, the fact that I get to that, like work at the church that 
like I said, is the reason I have a personal relationship with Jesus and I get to combine this love of special education and the fact that Northway lets us do this is absolutely incredible. And it's the biggest honor in the world to be able to serve these families, give parents a little bit of a break throughout the week, but also give them the opportunity to be in church and be in community and give these kids, give their siblings the opportunity to also take a break, to be in church, to be around people their age and really just welcome their entire family unit into the church body is one of the biggest blessings and biggest honors in the world. That's so exciting. Well, thanks again, Sarah. And thank you. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Village Vision podcast. I hope that you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. I know I have. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, share, all of those things. Thank you for being a part of the Village Vision podcast here on Word of Mom Radio. Take care and let's keep shining a light on the power of community, collaboration, and care. Thank you. She is